You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Part of the work of the black power movement of the 1960s went on in the schools. The Kerner Commission found that issues of segregation and discrimination in schools were directly linked to the unrest and rioting during that decade. One approach to addressing that was to have better representation of all people's history and experiences in the world in classrooms. And so was born the idea of African-centered education, a philosophy that continues today in some places. Here to talk about her reporting on this topic as part of WDET's work with the Detroit Journalism Cooperative is Sasha Ryan. We're also joined in the studio by Malik Yakini, who is an advocate for African-centered education in part because of his own experiences in school and also because of the work he continues to do in the Detroit community. Both of you, Malik and Sasha, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks. Thank yeah. you so much. Good yeah. to be here. Uh, Sasha, talk to me about the reporting that you are, are, are doing on African-centered education. This was a huge thing, uh, especially in the city of Detroit uh, for a long time. It seems to have had trouble keeping its footing. Uh, and in, in, in as deeply as it once did. Yeah, it was definitely very different at some points in recent history than it is today. Um, there was a point where in Detroit public schools, the entire district had committed to delivering right. an African-centered curriculum. Is that in the mid-90s? 1993. 1993. Look at that. Malik okay. knows the year. Malik knows everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So we found today that, um, you know, it looks very different in Detroit public schools. And uh, as, as Malik can explain, some of the independent schools um, who uh, I think it's safe to say almost all became charter schools um, have also fallen away. Uh, there was the three that I think of are, are in Sorma, which I have to say uh, Mr. Yakini taught me to say properly. <laughs> and... Uh, um, Aisha Shule and the Timbuktu Academy. And so uh, two of those three are, are closed, and Timbuktu is now authorized through DPS yeah, as yeah. a charter school. Yeah, uh, Malik, uh, you have been involved in this issue for a long time, but you also were deeply involved with, with a particular school uh, that had uh, an African-centered uh, focus. Talk about how this has changed over, over time and whether it's something that's in danger of, of you know, not, not surviving. Well, certainly African-centered education has changed over time. Yeah. Uh, there was tremendous community support in the 1980s and the early 1990s for African-centered education in Detroit. In fact, uh, we used to say that Detroit was really the capital of African-centered education because there were more African-centered schools here than any place in the world, not just in the United States. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we tr created, created this tremendous example and have this tremendous legacy. But... Um, the context in which we operated has changed. And of course, one of the major changes has been the introduction of charter schools. Sure. You were talking about school choice earlier. So parents have a plethora of options to send their children to. And then also, African-centered education tends to uh, enjoy more community support when we see larger levels of black activism. And so as the, the level of black activism wanes, we, we see uh, a waning level of support for African-centered schools. Now, with the current uh, movement that we see among young people, there's an increase, increasing interest in this idea and practice of African-centered education again. Yeah, uh, and and for for listeners who may not uh, who may not know, talk about what African-centered education actually is, and talk about why it's not. 
uh, a threat or uh, a sort of a shoeing of, of actual uh, learning or history. It is about inclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think there's a unified definition about what African-centered education is. So mm-hmm. I'll speak to you from uh, the perspective of my own experience being the director of Insodoma Institute for more than 20 years. Uh-huh. So at its root, African-centered education is an attempt to uh, situate black children within their own historical continuum. Yeah. Um, one of the premises or one of the basic understandings that we have to have that uh, guides African-centered education is that white supremacy, the system of white supremacy, is still a dominant force in American society. And I think the testimonies that you've had uh, on your, your last segment about white flight uh, continues to speak to that. And so African-centered education in some ways is a response to this system, which has never really been inclusive of people of African descent. And so not only has it not been inclusive in terms of the resources, but it's not been inclusive in terms of the intellectual approach to learning. And so schooling, and I sometimes make a, a distinction between schooling and education, schooling in this country is still very much rooted within the experience of people from Western Europe. And if you are a person of African descent, or if you are a person who is called Latino or Latino, if you are a person of Asian descent, then your history and your culture is marginalized. And actually, this is what happens whenever historically one group of people conquers another. And (laughs) essentially, people of African descent in this country have have been conquered to a large extent. And the culture and the worldview of the, those white Americans who are the dominant force in this society has been imposed upon African people. Yeah. And so that's created tremendous damage psychically inside of us, and it prevents us really from being able to galvanize the strength that it takes to counter these constant attacks that we yeah. find ourselves under. And, and when you talk about these attacks, I mean, you don't have to sort of look very far to see what that looks like. Uh, Think of the state of Texas, uh, for instance, and the changes that it wants to make to curriculum to talk about slavery in, I guess, uh, the the, the best way to put it is in more favorable terms, uh, in more favorable terms to 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 Europeans. Uh, I mean, this is this is something that that happened. It's not happening in the past. This is like today. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So there's this attempt to to create this revisionist version of history that minimizes the the horrors of the enslavement of African people. Then even yesterday, I heard you talking about uh, your father's hometown of Natchez, Mississippi, yeah. and the, the just the, the recent history. I mean, this is not something that occurred four or five hundred years ago. The, these are, you know, we can look at this generation and also two, three generations back at the, the tremendous horrors that black people have been subjected to. Yeah. But, but the thing is that we want people to understand about African-centered education is this is really Uh, an attempt to repair ourselves. There's not a lot of talk about the damage that the system of enslavement did to us in terms of how we see ourselves and how we see ourselves in relationship to the society. So African-centered education is an attempt to have people of African descent see ourselves as being whole, fully capable human beings that are rooted within our own historical continuum. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Sasha. There's also, I think, a a big part of the movement is... um, finding solutions to problems that are happening in the educational system. Yeah. 
And so that's always been, you know, in terms of discrimination, in terms of other things. There's a really interesting project right now called the Detroit Independent Freedom Schools, which was um, inspired in part by the Cynic Freedom Schools and also in part, um, some of the organizers will say, by problems that are happening in DPS. And so it, it began to kind of um, move quickly and powerfully this past spring when there was a threat that the by the end of that particular week, Detroit public schools might completely cease to function. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What do you think is the future of uh, African-centered education here in Detroit? I mean, we have so much change going on uh, with education generally here. I mean, it it really is in uh, more flux than I can remember it being uh, before. Is Is this a path toward... Uh, sort of reclaiming uh, education in the city for the people who who live there? I think it's always been a question of political power and political will. So there is certainly a segment of the population in Detroit that is still advocating for African-centered education and still understands that our children, if they are to be raised to work on behalf of our community, and if we're not only to see success as being Uh, going out and getting a high-paying job and perhaps working in corporate America, but marshalling our resources for the upliftment of our own community, then we have to continue to advocate for African-centered education. But, of course, that's difficult in a context where the public school system is largely controlled by forces outside of the city of Detroit and is is under attack, frankly, by the governor and his his various minions. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's still real question about whether DPS can can even make a go of it. I mean, it's sort of a setup, I think. to let them have "quote unquote" control back, but not fund, not funded in a way uh, that they're going to be able to keep uh, uh, schools open. Uh, w- what's your sense of that future of African-centered education, Sasha? Well, one of the things that um, many of the people I, I spoke to said is that the the interest and um, passion, the movements, do kind of ebb and flow with political movements, and they're seeing with the resurgence of movements like Black Lives Matter and um, you know, having some deeper and more complicated discussions about race, a growing interest and the potential for a larger um, African-centered education movement right now. Yeah, yeah. So there's Go an ahead, attempt, a recent attempt. we got attempt. about a minute left. Okay, so by the way, ahead. there's a recent attempt. There's a new school that just opened in the city of Detroit, and they're really struggling, a private school. So I just want to, you know, kind of lift that up because there yeah. are always efforts to to create schools that in a, in a, a fair and just way portray the history of people of African descent and the contributions that yeah. we made to human and, and there are schools that don't necessarily call themselves African-centered, for instance, that, that also make that effort. Uh, yeah, I think one of, the, one of the things about African-centered education was it's designed not only to, to impact the student to attend those schools, but it's designed to impact the larger school system and right. to raise questions in the public discourse. Whether you call yourself African-centered or not, you ought to be teaching history correctly. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, Malik Yakini, Executive Director at the Detroit Black Community Food Security Network and an advocate for African-centric education. And Sasha Ryan, WDET education reporter. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for right. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. <laughs>